now we welcome you once again to TV Ate My Dinner Theater. Venus Skytrap, a Rocky Montana adventure. Written by Sir Sinjin C. O'Halley. Read by the same. Prologue. In the Earth Year 1940. The wind hit Rocky Montana's body with such force that impacting upon the ground seemed an impossibility. The velocity of his descent urged otherwise, however. His arms outstretched in a vain effort to slow himself, Rocky finally released the cord he clutched in his right hand. His chute had failed to open. The missile was coming into view quite rapidly below. He ripped at his back up, frantically hoping it had time to perform its function. A low-altitude opening posed many risks, this being among them. But he dared not alert the enemy to his presence. There was precious little time to intercept them and thwart their twisted plan. Rocky didn't know exactly what Rotwain was planning, but judging from the missile they had jutting from the top of the volcano, he could only surmise that it was nothing good. With Rotwain, it never was. His backup shoot opened just enough to break his free fall. Seconds later, he hit the water just offshore, and he plunged into the depths. The water was not very deep in all reality, but a man could drown in a puddle if he put his mind to it. Fighting to gain control of his surroundings, he released the chute and tried to swim clear of it. He had hit the water much harder than he meant to, and somehow his mask had come off. The nylon! of his discarded parachute spread like the tentacles of a jellyfish and enveloped him in its ethereal folds. Everything beneath the surface was so tranquil and sublime that it seemed impossible to face any danger there. To die in slow motion would be a difficult thing, but the free fall that had almost just killed him had seemed equally surreal. Rocky produced his diving knife from his ankle and cut through the chute. This must be what it's like to be born, thought Rocky. Although he realized most newborns were not forced to perform their own caesarean by cutting through the amniotic sac. But Rocky Montana was not like most men. In truth, Rocky Montana had been born to privilege, heir to a massive fortune. He had been given everything most young men desire, unless they desire adventure. That was more accessible to men of privilege than it was to those who had been forced to work for their living, but Rocky craved something more than thrill-seeking. He wished for something not often sought either by children of privilege or working men. He strove to be a person of merit. He did not simply wish for a life of adventure. He meant quite earnestly to make a difference in the world. The war had given him that opportunity, but not in the manner he had hoped. 
win the third Reich meant to march across the world on a bloody crusade of conquest. Rocky knew that he had been presented an opportunity to find his purpose. But he also knew that a career in the military, while satisfying his honor, would prove to be a limitation to that purpose. A man of his resources could pose as great a threat to Hitler's plans as the army itself. This decision was made easier at first, because in the early stages of the Great War, his own government had been reluctant to send its army in to fight. But Rocky knew that Hitler had to be stopped. He knew a madman when he saw one, and he knew what a villain was. More importantly, he knew what a hero was. And that guided his decisions most of all. This was especially crucial because Hitler's strategy was based only in part on conventional military might. A more essential element of his master plan relied upon research into innovative new weapons of war, so-called wonder weapons capable of destroying military targets from afar. This island missile silo seemed to be one of the Fuhrer's dreaded wonder weapons. Poised and ready to strike an unsuspecting target from halfway across the globe. Navigating through the Azure Tropic waters, Rocky made his way to the shore. The assistance of a passing manta ray allowed him to glide in a little quicker, hopefully making up for some of the time he'd lost freeing himself from the parachute. Soon Rocky surfaced, surveying the deserted beach around him. He removed his water-resistant duffel and opened it, retrieving from it its full contents, a leather jacket and cowboy hat. He donned his familiar garb and abandoned the bag on the beach. From there he marched into the nearby jungle for the ruins that were just barely visible beyond. And all the while he saw the rocket pointing out of the volcano like the pert nipple of Gaia's breast. Emerging from the woods, Rocky made his way to the center of the old ruins where the large volcano loomed. Examining the rock faces, he reached out and took hold of what appeared to be a loose stone. Turning it, he stepped back to see a section of the wall slide away, revealing a passage. With a triumphant nod, he entered. The intelligence he'd gathered from the gunrunner in Casablanca turned out to be reliable after all. Rocky cautiously made his way into a cave-like chamber, surreptitiously scanning the room for signs of enemy activity, but seeing none. He removed his hat and coat, gently folding the latter and hanging it over a nearby stalagmite. He then unzipped and climbed out of his wetsuit revealing a perfectly pressed tuxedo beneath it. He had a feeling more formal apparel would prove to be apropos to the occasion. Silently, he made his way down a narrow passage, around a corner, and suddenly stopped. His eyes widened as he spied his prize, a control panel set into the stone wall. He approached cautiously, but apparently not cautiously enough. 
When he reached for the panel, he was interrupted by floodlights that suddenly emanated from every corner of the chamber. In the darkness echoed the familiar voice of Commandant Saugstaub, the volcanic island fox. Ah, Herr Dr. Rocky. Welcome to my lair. Dramatically, Saugstaub stepped out of the shadows and into the light. Three of his SS-trained Luftkrieg sky soldiers came to a landing behind him. They must have seen Rocky land while patrolling in their jetpacks. Commandant Saugstaub, the volcanic island fox. So it was you all along. I knew you would follow the trail I left for you in Casablanca, Yankee scum. So you have arrived just in time to witness the final victory of Herr Führer. The douche, you say? Look around you, Herr Dr. Rocky, and behold the true power of this fully armed and operational battle volcano. Raising his hand to reveal a small device, Saugstaub pressed a flashing red button on it. With a somewhat extraneous beeping, several flashing red lights became visible throughout the room. Any attempt to tamper with the rocket launch sequence will trigger the fizz safe and minor seismic charges will begin a chain reaction that will cause Jesus' entire volcano to erupt. You damnable fool, you'd kill us all. The volcanic island fox paused dramatically as his electric monocle flipped down over his eye. That is my plan. Be that as it may, you know I'm not going to stand here and watch you launch a missile at the Free 50. How limited your imagination is. <laughs> Saugstaub laughed, and with another hit of a button, an entire section of wall slid away to reveal a hidden chamber on the other side. Rocky looked up to see the volcano opening into the empty sky. He should have realized when he saw the Sky Troopers land that he was already at the core of the volcano. But it was all a facade. He was standing at the base of the rocket and hadn't even realized it. Saugstaub fled into the secret chamber and the door sealed shut behind him. Rocky wanted to follow, but the Sky Troops blocked his path. One of them stepped close, raising his rifle to fire. Rocky closed the distance, grabbing the muzzle and pointing it at the control panel on the wall. The chamber was filling with smoke. Saugstaub was preparing to launch. And whatever this rocket's purpose, Rocky finally realized it was no missile. The fire in the rifle's muzzle burned his hand and Rocky retracted it. He'd already achieved his goal. As the bullets hit the control panel, they triggered Saugstaub's failsafe, and his seismic charges began detonating all around them. An ocean of lava began to fill the chamber as the remaining two Sky Troopers opened fire on him. Rocky kept his body in front of his first attacker, but managed to spin the man's back towards his comrades. Their shots impacted on his jetpack, which was better than hitting Rocky, but still threatened to ignite whatever fueled the device. Rocky looked up to see the rocket beginning to lift off. Its ascent was accelerated by the explosions going off all around them, but there was no guarantee they would be enough to stop it. It seemed a more prudent bet that they would destroy Rocky 
so he grabbed the jetpack controls and pushed the thrusters to full. Rocky and the Sky Trooper shot out of the volcano like they were being shot from a cannon, just as the final charges went off. The air around them ignited in flame and they were almost consumed by it when they burst through the top of the volcano's crater and into fresh air. Seeing you guys is always a blast. The commission's final Saugstaub's rocket listed from the shockwave, but he managed to correct its course. Rocky's only hope was to somehow couple with it and find a way inside. The Sky Trooper had dropped his rifle in the confusion and was still trying to adapt to the situation. Reaching around him, Rocky managed to unfasten the jetpack harness and toss him out of it. With a swift kick, Rocky knocked him loose and grabbed hold of the harness before the jetpack could fly off without him. The trooper grabbed for a handhold as he slipped away, managing only to pull free the gas cap from the fuel tank. In a spray of gas, he plummeted down into the fiery volcano. Sorry to let you down like that, man. Rocky held fast to the faltering jetpack as one last fiery burst erupted from the mouth of the volcano. A blanket of hot air propelled him even higher into the sky. His face tightened as his body was pressed between the sweltering heat and the increasing g-forces. His singularity of purpose was strengthened by the new revelation that he did not have enough fuel to land and he would not survive a fall from this height. Coupling with the rocket was now his only chance of survival. With one last boost of speed, Rocky collided with the rocket. Latching the straps of the jetpack's harness to one of the extended flaps protruding from the rocket's side. It was tenuous at first, but he managed to tighten the buckles in place and squeeze himself between the pack and the rocket's hull which was, at best, a temporary solution. There was static on the headset radio mounted to the jetpack, and Rocket could hear an angry voice coming out of the earpiece. It was Sauerstaub. What are you doing? If I can't withdraw the flaps, we'll never make orbit. Then do us both a favor and land this thing. It's too late for that. The torsion field generator is already online. If the sequence is altered before it can complete, the torsion distortion could create a ripple in time space. Are you speaking German or English right now? Fool! You've killed us both! That was a sacrifice Rocky was willing to make. If it meant that Hitler's latest wonder weapon harmed no one else in the process. The rocket continued upward, through the clouds. The air around him was growing thin. He felt the strain as the flap tried to retract, but was monkey-wrenched by the straps of the jetpack's harness. He expected to burn up as the rocket wobbled and attempted to leave the Earth's atmosphere. But some unfamiliar force emanating from the rocket itself seemed to be preventing the gravitational forces and temperature changes from harming him. If anything, he felt cold. The stratosphere fell away around him, like he was sinking into the depths of night. Space itself shimmered and shook like water disturbed by a stone. Sound stretched from waves into taut strings and finally snapped as the rocket entered the silent void. There was no more air, 
This must be what dying feels like, Rocky thought stoically. He could accept it. Whatever the rocket's intended purpose, he had managed to stop it. And few men could hope for such a dramatic demise. It was a fitting end for the life that he had led. But of course, it was not the end at all. This, my friends, was to be the very beginning of Rocky Montana's adventures through time and space. This was Venus Skytrap Episode 1, A Rocky Montana Adventure! You're crazy! You're crazy. Thank you.